Hi, and welcome to the Power Platform Virtual Happy Hour for April. This is a live recording of a Teams meeting, so expect Fs, Jeffs, and controversial opinions. Certifications and exams are an essential part of many roles across the Microsoft ecosystem. Whether you're a seasoned professional or new on a journey, passing an exam shows your understanding and opens doors. Julian Sharp, a MCT MVP and full-time trainer, and Victor Dantas, MCT MVP and educator, join Alison and Carl to discuss the what, the why, and the how for examples. Please follow and subscribe in your usual place and enjoy this episode. Willkommen uh, bienvenue everybody to the uh, April Power Platform Virtual Happy Hour. Uh, thanks very much for joining us, the three people that are not in Berlin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yay, welcome. Yeah. Um, and this week we are joined by uh, one of my favourite people, Julian Sharp, and another one of my favourite people remotely because he lives so far away, Victor Dantas. And uh, they're going to be talking us through their opinions on uh, training and certification in the Microsoft sphere. So uh, what we would normally do is invite you lovely guests to uh, give us an introduction after I've done the code of conduct, obviously. Um, and uh, while I'm doing the code of conduct, have a think about a fun fact about yourselves that you would be happy to share uh, on a public forum. We have had some real crap. We've had some corkers, so hence why I've mentioned it now to give you some time to think rather than mm. putting you on the spot, uh, like um, some of our guests who panicked. I don't think they panicked actually. I don't think that's fair, but um, I think it's probably fairer to give you a bit, a bit of time mm. to think about your fun fact. Whilst you do that, uh, I will run through our code of conduct. Um, this is a community uh, run and organised event um, and we do welcome everybody's opinions and viewpoints and input, um, but we would ask you to be um, aware of others, to be uh, friendly and patient and understand that not everybody has the same opinion. Um, some people may have opinions that differ from yours. It doesn't mean one of you is right and one of you is wrong. It purely means that you have differing opinions. Um, and so we would ask you to be open minded to other people's opinions and be welcoming and respectful and understanding of differences. If you see any behavior on the Power Platform Virtual Happy Hour that you think is inappropriate or unbecoming of a community event, please let me know or let Carl know because it was probably me that did it um, and we will deal with it accordingly. Um, we have had a couple of times people that have made uh, inappropriate comments and they do get booted. So uh, I think Fine. with the people that we've got on the court, yeah, Julian. Right now, <laughs> might as well. <laughs> honestly, you were definitely not an offender, not in my memory anyway. Um, I think the people that we've got on the call now are all uh, lovely people, so I'm sure we'll be fine, but you will get booted if you're rude. So um, <laughs> the format as usual is we'll uh, just have an open discussion um, about the topic and uh, do please put your questions or comments or ideas in the chat and we will um, give them some consideration or answer them if required, or we will bring them up to the guests. But um, Victor, Julian, who would like to go first on uh, telling us a bit about yourself and your fun fact? Let's just start with the, the longest beard, I guess. <laughs> and <laughs> also, that, that, alphabetically, okay. he, he should, in fact. That implies authority, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> okay, Pete, right, let's do it. Uh, Julian Sharp, being involved in Dynamics' version one, a uh, long, long time ago, uh, been training, uh, involved in training since about 2008 when Microsoft said we actually want somebody who knows the product to train it, not people who just read out of a book. Uh, since then, training, doing more and more certifications. I've done over 80, as Alison just reminded me before the call. Um, I've got a, one waiting in beta for the result, the customer insights. 
And uh, fun fact, I used to be a DJ at clubs a long, long time ago. Wow, wow. What, what music? I was dancer. It was in the late oh. 80s, early 90s, so a bit wow. of acid. Acid. You should, you should, should bust out some tunes for us, uh, Julian. Mm-hmm. Make some <laughs> shapes, yeah. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, Victor Dantas here. I am Brazilian by birth, but I've been living in Canada for the last, it's going to be 10 years in May, so pretty excited about it. Uh, I am a coder uh, coming from the .NET background, so I've, d- be, uh, I, I've done it for most of my life, but I was exposed to Dynamics CRM4 when I moved to Canada, so it was one of the gifts Canada gave me, I suppose. Uh, I've been uh, working in the technology for the last little while. Uh, I guess a fun fact for me is that I'm a father of three girls and uh, they were born in the three different countries that I lived, the US, Brazil, and Canada. And uh, I am hoping that I, I don't have to move elsewhere because if the trend <laughs> changes, <laughs> we'll get another girl. <laughs> I, I, I wanna say that I, I'm very, uh, I'm delighted to be invited to this happy hour, uh, especially with the theme. Uh, I'm not sure what I'm gonna add here, having Julian Sharp, you know, in the same show as me talking about certifications, but uh, I am, I'm going to enjoy the ride for sure. Thank you so much for the invitation. Oh, we're delighted to have you. I, uh, so like, um, just going back to the multi-residency family that you have there, so you can never get kicked out of any of those countries as a parent of a child. So if the child is born there, they're automatically a national, right? Yes. And as the parent of a national, you can't be kicked out of the country. Is that right? Pretty much, yeah. We we can have uh, free access, I suppose, to all three countries. The the girls, they have all the nationalities, uh, so they would they would get to keep it, even at uh, uh, throughout their uh, adulthood. But uh, if they wanted to compete in sports, they have to pick one of the countries eventually. But they would still keep the citizenship. And for Canada, you can keep your original citizenship and your Canadian citizenship, right? Because I have dual. I'm English and Irish. I don't have to give one up for the other. Yeah. So, yeah, nice. Julian, I feel like we're going to have to have another discussion offline about best acid house tracks of the late (laughs) 80s. Absolutely. I've just got a vision of myself in all of my day glow, like shorts and T-shirts. (laughs) <laughs> yeah it was a different time it was but it was an amazing time for those of us that are old enough to remember it it was yeah. the best well, time if you, got, if you remember it you weren't doing it properly well also <laughs> i did actually i um got one of my well the i've only ever had food poisoning once and it was actually from going to a club in brighton mm-hmm. in 1987 and having an entire evening but that's a story for another day <laughs> I'll bore you about that when I see you. So, uh, lols. So, moving on. Certifications, yes or no, I think is a thing. For me, um, I think the certifications are um, a way of showing that you have a at least a basic level of competence. You know, just when you look at those fundamentals exams, to show to people that you know what you're doing right with the technology and i think that's very important and i think actually also um even more important is as you progress up of those to to the um uh, more advanced exams there fewer people have those a lot of people have the fundamentals i think but fewer people have the associate uh level exams so i think that definitely shows an incredible level of specialization and knowledge on the product that i think is valuable where i think it's uh, so i think the certification training is a fantastic idea and um also we know it helps with partner status and all that kind of thing where i think is a little bit tricky is i think if you if you look at the power platform aspect of things there are a lot of people coming into power platform that don't have a tech background and i think even the power platform fundamentals feels like almost like a barrier. I feel like there's a lot of expectation or they feel like it would be too difficult for them to pass that exam. Would you be like, 
do you think that there is room to put something in that is maybe someone can do a smaller, less recognized certification on like apps or Power Automate or something? Yeah. Who wants okay. to comment on that? I'll talk on that. I, I think the, the fundamentals have gone a little bit wrong. Okay. Microsoft recognised this, and they're actually rolling them back a bit. You're going to see some changes in them uh, starting soon. I think actually the dynamics fundamental has already changed. The CRM okay. uh, to take out uh, to take them upper level. Basically, they, they went too much detail. And they're going to try and take them up. Unfortunately, I don't think they've taken that enough. Okay. Uh, so I think we're going to see some changes in the Power Platform one that's going to come out. Be less doing uh, more about the more about uh, a higher level. The only trouble is, uh, I think it's because people like me were involved in making some of these. They're too dataverse orientated. And what you said about people coming in from non-traditional, there isn't enough, oh, let's pull it from Excel or from SharePoint or from something else. It's all about dataverse. Right. Uh, and, I and we see that not just in the fundamentals, but also in the app maker certification. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, and, and there's a, a lot of overlap. And there's, I think they, they, there are some changes coming, which hopefully will address it, but we, it's a slow process for them to refine them and get them better. I think where I struggled with it, having looked through it, like, uh, and I'm just going to preface this with, I haven't actually sat any full exams, but I've done like um, test exams. Mm -hmm. And some of the questions are so basic that you just go like, yeah. honestly, why was that even in there? Yeah. And then some of them. Even you could answer it. Is that <laughs> yes, even I could answer them. Even my mum knew them, right? And she insists that she doesn't have a password for her email account, which is also a story for another day. <laughs> she doesn't have to put a password in. She said, no, there's no password on my email account. I went, yes, there is. And she said, no, there isn't. I don't put one in. I went, but there's still yeah. one there. But <laughs> some of them are so ridiculous. I don't even know that it's difficult. I think sometimes that maybe they are, um, what's the word I'm looking for? It's difficult to actually gauge what it is that they're looking for out yeah. of the answer, right? So I think sometimes, like I sat through a couple of um, test exams and I was a bit intimidated by some of the questions on there and it has put me off, it's put me off. Yeah, you looking about, you talk about the measure up ones or? Yes. Yeah, well, sometimes they get at the wrong level. Again, people write the items for them. I write for measure up, by the way. Uh, sometimes some the people they write for uh, they go too deep. They're, they're, uh, I was actually reviewing somebody's uh, additions to one of the core th things the other day, and I basically throw all these questions at it. He said, you're asking developer-level questions for a fundamentals. Mm. You're asking about APIs and things like that, which are completely the wrong thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, if you actually go, to, uh, so Microsoft's actually released something. If you actually go to the exam pages, there's a little download sample questions now. It's just been added in the last few weeks. Download 20 sample questions and they will they're at the same level as the exam. They'll give you a better idea. <laughs> no, again, that's case if you uh, sneak through. Are they exam questions from previous exams or just no, they were content? I wrote some of them. They actually got us to write them in exactly the same way as they do for the exam. So you go through the exact same process. So they are written with the same, and they're written at the same level in terms of how much text you have and the, the way they're written. So they're not exactly the same, but they'll, they'll give you a flavour for what's expected. I think my next question is, if you knew that I wanted to sit some of the exams, why didn't you write some questions that I would be able to get right? <laughs> <laughs> Specifically, maybe about my hair colour or... <laughs> no, I, I, I agree. <laughs> Uh, back, back to like the original question was uh, uh, yes or no uh, for certification. I'd say maybe because a lot of times going through pre-selection of candidates, you want to know if the person really took the time to 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 get certified. But then that that is the first for me at least. It's the first first level of uh, considering a candidate, uh, even if it's you know fundamentals. Um, that that is my cut there. But I never, I never ask the questions that are in the exams on the interviews. So I, I agree with Julie. I think they have to to step back and maybe redo the questions to an extent. For example, if I'm interviewing for a maker, I don't care if the guy doesn't know anything about an API, but I do care that they know how to do what they're supposed to do well. You know, and, and that goes back to basic ALM concepts. 
how yeah. do I structure my apps or my 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 components within a solution, so on and so forth. But, but yeah. Yeah, and you, you know, just to say this about exam questions, when it's really difficult to write good exam questions because the answer to be 100% right, 100% wrong. There's no maybe or best practice, which is actually if you're interviewing somebody, you actually want to ask. It's a different thing. You want to hear people's opinions because there isn't, and, and that's why some questions tend to be very, exams tend to be too technically focused because we could ask questions around that. I can't ask you about how to do things because there could be multiple ways or. Right. So, yeah, the answer has to be binary, I guess, doesn't it? It has yeah. to be one, one or the You're other. You're not asking because... for an essay, are you, either? Yeah. That's the thing. Yeah. You're asking for a yeah. one-word answer. Like you say, if you're interviewing someone, you go, well, if this situation came up, what would, how would you approach yeah. it? And you extrapolate where their knowledge is from how they approach yeah. the situation, right? And, and I like to ask how people think. How do they approach something? Mm -hmm. What's their... Because I've worked with developers. Um, we used to employ one until we realised his approach to developing was trying things. And if they didn't work, he'd throw it away and try something else. And it was, yeah, he, he, he didn't he didn't have that ability it to like work. It something I would do. Yeah, he, he, he like found things, tried it. And he, there's no way of thinking through what's working, what isn't. He need, uh, that's for me is really important. Even in a, a non-developer, it's your yeah. thought process and how you, because yeah. nobody ever gets it right first time. It's how do I address things? It's and like showing you're working. can't handle that. It's like showing you're working, right? You want yeah. to be able to see, well, you were okay here. You just went a bit yeah. wrong here. And, yeah. and you need to be able to problem solve. Yeah. The core of being good at any job, particularly in tech, is to be able to solve problems, right? Yeah. And you, so typically when you question people, it's around that. But that's not what you're looking for in an exam, is it? Right? Mm -hmm. You're looking for, um, in fact, Victor, we spoke about the uh, makers thing um, and about how the tech guys are picking up some of the stuff the makers are doing that maybe is incorrect or is not very dev focused we kind of touched on it before we came on the call about you know you're either a dev or not a dev um so elaborate on the on your point from that perspective um yeah i mean we see we see quite a bit back in my day when i joined the, the crm crew the idea was that you'd have a good functional Analyst, you know, that's I think what Microsoft's calling now sits in developer or maker, right? Yeah. And uh, usually we spent a lot of time training those folks how to handle the handover, you know, between what a maker does and what a, a pro dev or an architect should do. And I think there is a gap there in the Microsoft story of, you know, the low code, no code platform, that particular skill of understanding uh, where, where the two roles overlap. I'll give you an example. Microsoft has invested a lot of time in making it easier for folks to create portals and apps and uh, model driven apps, so on and so forth. And they, they made investments into the CLI to facilitate, you know, translation of those changes or implementations across different environments. So if they really want to empower makers to carry on with development, I think they should tell them the, the whole story. You know, you do not create an app on a production environment. You need to have another place to do to do your code. But then I know that folks will refrain from creating these apps because they, they might have no idea how to tra tra uh, transport a an app or solution across different environments. So in my opinion, Microsoft should create that, bake that into the platform so that they, it helps the maker trans, uh, transport those solutions across different environments. It could be, I want to export the solution. Okay, do you want to just download the file? Or do you want to transport to one of the environments within your tenant? So just bake those basic concepts so we get somewhere. Because a lot of times I talk with pro devs, people who love the platform and they say, you know what, this whole thing about makers is making my life harder because I, I, I don't code anymore. I just pick up an app that's broken and I have to fix it, you know, fix and then you have, you have this free we'll throw it away and write a new one, you know. Yeah. So, yeah, I, yeah that whole thing about solutions and LM, it, it, we've had a lot of discussion about what, whether they should be in this training, uh, they seem to think, oh, the maker shouldn't know about solutions. They're not going to do that. But I think I'm with you a bit, Victor. I think they know, need to know a bit. The trouble is when you start teaching solutions, you have to teach an awful lot. It, it, there's too much of a barrier to get going. And we're trying to avoid having barriers to people building stuff. 
But what we want to do is make it easy. So, okay, I've built it. Now put it in the solution. It's do it for you. There should be more AI, I think, for want of a better word. Say, okay, let's package this up. Why, why can't we do that and help yeah. our people, guide them? Yeah, empower them. My my yeah. mom used to use the the term empower. Let me empower you, child. And what she <laughs> meant was, let me help you do your work well, so that I don't have to do it for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, what a brilliant, what a fantastic parent. I think I think the way that um, people look at this is with the makers <clears throat> um, and the non-dev people coming into it. We feel like it's too much of a jump for them to learn about ALM and DevOps and stuff like that and and uh, and how to manage the 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 back end of all of that technology but you don't need to ask that like the best analogy I can come up with is you can teach someone to change a tire and they understand the tire or the wheel and the concept of the wheel in the car overall but they don't have to be a mechanic to be able to do that right so there has to be a certain amount that we can show people like I'm not a developer as I was saying before the call I'm not a developer I don't come from that background I would love to be a developer but I just didn't come through a tech background so I've, I've not learned it so I have an appetite to learn those things and I'm interested to learn those things and I think if people are interested and they show an aptitude I mean probably by the nature of them making stuff they're probably interested in it and they're probably interested in learning more but it has to be a balance of being accessible versus being overwhelming, right? And I think that's the line that we're trying to straddle here. And I think so many people have different experiences and come from different perspectives. It's very hard to say this is what you need to do. And Microsoft have tried to do that with their training and their certification. They have this very, I think, very fixed idea. And a lot of it comes from larger organisations. Um, a lot of their thinking is from their large customers who they talk to, who set the patterns, and we don't we don't all fit that always. But mm. I think there's probably a specific reason why it comes from there because if you look at historically things like ERP and mm. CRM, typically they were bigger customers. Mm. Like the power platform and this kind of accessible technology is very new, so there is no precedent, right? And there is no like evolution from having yeah. a business analyst or functional analyst or something. And you like if you do F and O probably you've either come from a tech background or you've come from a finance background and so you know one or other side of that thing but if you just happen to work in a company that's doing power platform and you don't have a, have a background in either of those things then you don't necessarily have like a, an angle to to bring to that you, you don't have that rigorous background whether it's mm. not like you take a look about finance people finance people tend to be come from very ordered backgrounds so they actually used right. to following process Even, yes. and a lot of people in the arp world they actually come from business and become technical yes. on the back of it and yes. it's actually easier to teach um, your supply chain management specialist how to do erp than it is to teach me how to do supply chain management <laughs> so i wouldn't have a clue <laughs> and i wouldn't want to so somebody asked in the somebody asked in the chat earlier on which certification would i never do in dynamics it to be the supply chain management never, really ever, i never. would totally do that but i i, I worked in supply chain management yeah. so i like i have some appreciation of it so i would do it totally 100 <laughs> percent it's, Sorry, hard. it's seriously hard. I can imagine. Well, I don't yeah. know the first thing about FNO, if I'm honest. So we'd have to start there before we even <laughs> yeah. start looking at supply chain management. Well, I, on that, I'm starting a study group starting on the I first I saw that day. and I, I might on, well join. Actually, yeah. I might well on join the finance and operations call, which is the basics of all the finance and operations apps. Yeah, I might, might join you on that one. Carlos, sorry, you had your hand up for ages. You're yeah, no, sorry. I wanted to, um, well, just to say that I'm at a large partner um, and we do structure but our clients there there is a very varied way of in in them there are teams that are used to the structure and are doing that but they want to enable they've still got access databases they've still got yeah. the spreadsheets and all that sort of thing and and it's the challenge as a as a partner to understand how far you want to take that ALM process and we talked about this a couple of sessions ago and um, the idea of those low-hanging fruit, those small apps, do they need that ALM process? But my question was yeah. more to, um, going back to Victor's international heritage and the fact that he's in Canada. And, Mexico. Um, we're, um, oh, he's Mexico today, yes. Um, yes. But the idea of, of 
is do you see a difference you know because i'm assuming that you guys talk to a lot of people from all over the world from india and australia and, and as well as your own countries is there a different perspective on certifications when people are coming through in different parts of the world um i think back home in brazil there was an emphasis on uh on certification and uh when um when I moved to Canada, there was a, a big uh, hiring spree for the particular partner I, I, I joined. And there were, with me, I think about 20 uh, Brazilians who joined the company in that, that time frame. And there was a certification program for the company. Uh, I think we have somebody in the chat here that also uh, I worked with that person in, in, in that time frame. But when the Brazilians joined, they saw that there was a program um, from the company and it involved a bonus. So since certification was something that we did, I think that year I had, I can't remember, between eight and 10 certs <laughs> in one year. And then I, I'm pretty sure my, my colleagues from Brazil did the same. And then the following year, the company said, you know what, you are limited to just certifications <laughs> within the year. Yeah. So, I, 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 so yeah, for sure. In, in Brazil, people people are heavily uh, reliant on certifications. Uh, I remember when I lived in the states, that 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 was a thing as well, more in the .NET uh, framework um, uh, area. Uh, Canada was was at, at least in the region I was working on. It was a little uh, slower there uh, in terms of you know people pushing forward to get certs. But one thing that I noticed in all in all three countries was that you can't really trust. Uh, and, and I'll give the example of myself. I'm not going to judge any other any other professional, but you can't judge the professional by the certs that they have. I've seen, you know, people have tons and tons of, of certs. And then uh, when they join the company, they couldn't really write code. Yeah, so. I, 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 I'll address that because it's something I wanted, was going to point out earlier. The certifications used just to be about remembering facts. Microsoft has actually made it a lot harder to use uh, brain dumps and just self-learn. The way the questions are written, some of the some of the techniques they use, which I'm not going to talk about, mean that it's very hard just to revise and not do it. The, the, there's a, I would say the certification in the last two or three years perhaps are they're miles ahead of where they used to be uh, in terms of that. So, yeah, I, I, I was probably like you. There's some people you'd see have certification wouldn't train, would, would, weren't able to do the job. Yeah. Uh, and that was an issue. And it still is a certain issue. And we cert <laughs> and there's, there's certain level of credentialism around the world. Different countries have different approaches to uh, credentials, or, and it's seen as a way of getting on. Um, other uh, and I train all over the world and all over and a lot over around Europe and there is even within Europe there's a difference in perception on on certifications but I think we should also be careful about partners partners need certification because they need to get partners partner status so a lot of people in the partner world like I was uh yes you got you took certifications we needed it and I don't know how many how many of you are aware there's a massive change coming to the partner program is anybody aware of that I've I've seen it's, some of it. No longer no silver, no gold. We're, yeah. we're, there's going to be a. I'm actually looking at it next week in detail. There's going to be an awful rush for certification as a result of it within partner land. Uh, right. So, so are you saying we could become certification professionals? Uh, this, we need to collect. People are going to need more certifications. Microsoft are pushing it to get the higher levels because the, the new way of solution specialists. You're going to need more or different certifications mm -hmm. because like the stuff like the fast track solution architect which i view as like a that's a proper badge yes like if you get awarded yeah. that you know you're yeah. i was going to say shit then but i can't say shit can i yeah. you know your stuff yeah and yeah like so you know some of the some of the um some of the awards or recognition things i think are more valued than us and i would say like once you pass the fundamentals um going further up the examinations or certifications uh, carries a bit more gravitas as well um ey wanted to know your best tips for dealing with open brackets idiotic close brackets pearson view proctors um, i never which, have a problem 
I, I know Andy Bibby did recently. Yeah, I think it depends. I mean, I very rarely, when I sign up for an exam, actually end up speaking to a proctor. Uh, because I have a very clean desk, I take good photos, and it uses AI. Just let you know, you take your photos of your desk, and it uses AI to let you through. You only, oh, okay. you only get to see a proctor if it, the AI flags up some potential issue. So, Phil, I put a link in the chat for you. Um, so, yes, some can be annoying, uh, but there's nothing you can do about it. You just got to disagree with them and carry on. That, see, that, I think. Yeah, I think why would I've not actually sat one of those um, exams remotely, but um, I think my I, I wouldn't do it at my desk here. Yeah. I would just take my laptop down to the dining room table where there's nothing yeah. except a lamp and right. a couple of pictures of astronauts, right? And yeah. yeah. Yeah, I had a lot of trouble before because I have a glass. I had a clear glass uh, door. Yeah. In my office and and i have a five-year-old he just came tell her not to walk by the the door right so i had i had trouble before we changed the door so it's kind of a, a blurry kind of glass type of thing uh now but they they gave me a lot of heartache um taking the test before you know show under your chair show 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 the ceiling show the window show show everything they they did ask show you know anything underneath my hair because I have an advantage there both Julie and I I, I suppose but uh, other than that they have asked pretty much to show everything nice um have we got any other questions in the uh yeah I mean I've had problems with an exam where I've had problems with an exam a proctor where basically my exam didn't start I said Phil had the same issue that happens occasionally. There's just no, this is basically what it does. There's only a few proctors online and they use AI to monitor it all. There's occasionally there isn't a proctor available. Um, but it is annoying. Yes, I've had that, Phil. Yeah. Um, Phil asked you to expand on the change. Presumably yeah, I put a link in the chat. Uh, it's, been, okay. it's been announced the change in the program quite significantly. There's no longer any silver or gold. There are some detailed documents on what you require from the Microsoft Partner Center. So go okay. look at them if you're in any way involved in partners and partner status. Cool. Thanks for that. So uh, Alyssa, I, I know we are supposed to take the question, but I have a question for Carl. Uh, I think between all of us, he's the one working a large uh, consulting uh, company. Do you have folks in, in the team that are dedicated to just take the certs? Or is it uh, pretty much the job of everyone within yeah. within your team no it's, it, we yeah it's, it's it's everyone in the team but those figures that used to be the number of certs you needed when you're an organization of 300,000 plus it's easy you know that's that's the differentiator it's uh it's a very much um a numbers game really isn't it if that i don't know how many it was but it but effectively i don't worry about my gold status effectively as a partner we're more more interested in in the inner circle and and yeah. all the other yeah. add-ons to that um yeah. gold partner is just taken for granted when you're at that yeah. size i guess yeah and yes you're not um, worrying about it you're at a different level of uh, yeah, relationship it's, it's a, yeah and it's, it's a different game really in a different level like you say but it doesn't mean that anything's less important i certainly see like you were all saying about certs being a door opener for candidates, I always query that a candidate hasn't got up to date or relevant certs for the job that he's applying for, or they're applying for, and it'll be the first question I ask. And a lot of the time, it's oh yeah, you know, money, time, all those things that that you know. Yeah, but I, are, I would argue are just yeah. maybe a step I, I, beyond. I'm, I'm going to bring this up. I think it's really important. I think a cert from 2017 is worthless. Okay, anything more than two or three years old is worthless right now. Uh, because everything's, oh, yeah, there's some things useful, but I've dealt with, I, I had a customer, which I, well, I went to help out, sort something out. And the people in there, they essentially were building in Dynamics 365 like they built in CRM 2011. And it was a disaster. And it's because, although they had some certs there, they've not kept themselves up to date. They've not been interested in all the changes. And that's what I actually see the advantage now of the search, where we've actually got an annual renewal process. You have to renew. 
and it's going to it, the renewals test you on all the new things. Uh, yeah. So make sure you keep you up to date because we're in this fast paced constant change. And I do like those That's... renewals because a they're free <laughs> and b um, they don't take as long. But they have some of the renewals have knocked me back, going well, okay, I knew it back two years ago, but. I don't know some of that stuff any longer. And, and and like you say, introduce something new. So I failed the I'll be honest, I failed the sales renewal. No, I I I I failed the sales one several times because it yeah. was concentrating on um the AI, the sales customer insights. Yeah. The insights. Yeah. yeah, sales insights, sorry. Yeah. Which I just didn't know. Um and nobody does because nobody's doing it. Yeah. <laughs> I had to go yeah. and I basically had to Re review that material and make sure I got it right and got through. But yeah, it is only it's a year along, isn't it? So, so, yeah. so going then. back to, to your comment there on the old ones, I think the only relevant one, in my opinion, is uh, one that used to be called uh, extending dynamic CRM 2011. Yeah, that was to me by far that that was a really good test. It was highly yeah. technical. I, I haven't seen anything close to it. I mean, I'm I'm behind on my certs, but in my studies, even for you know, what is it, PL six hundred? Yeah, four hundred. Yeah, they're not the, they're not yeah. the same depth. I, I thought I'm with you. The old extending was my favorite course to teach. It was my favorite exam. It really did test your knowledge as a developer and your capabilities. What would you say are the most? Uh, I'm just I actually I'm going to come back and ask you what I think you think are the most valuable certifications. But before we uh, before we do that, let's answer Malaredi's question, uh, where he says, Julian, doing PL 600, will you get a full overview of the solution architect role? Which is okay, the course question. or the exam? Okay, the course. Yeah. The course is not aimed at the exam. First off. Okay. Um, the course is about changing your mindset from being a doer as a functional consultant or developer into being an architect the whole purpose of the course is to get you from doing into thinking it's actually i, I did the beta teacher this course i helped develop it i did a lot of there was a lot of uh, mvps put a lot of effort into that uh, building it and it, it's about a lot of the exercise is about just changing your thinking so because as a solution architect you have to think about different things different ways of doing things, the best ways Whereas a functional consultant, you give it a task and you, you do it. You build this up, you do that. And you, you're often not thinking about the bigger picture. So it's about taking that step back. The exam is quite difficult because, again, it's how do I test those skills? Because solution architect is, well, there isn't a right answer. And best practice this month isn't going to be the same as best practice next month. So or it might it be does... situational also. Like yeah. you know, what, what you decide yeah. is probably situational. So yeah. So a lot of the exam questions go into some of the things they can test. Um, so to answer the question, it's not, it doesn't give you, it doesn't teach you how to design. We, we touch on design and some architectural stuff. But it's, the purpose of the course is to get you to change your perception and change how you think and work. Very cool. If that Which is why answer. I don't, people ask me, can I do a study group on it? I won't because it'll take too long. It's all about, and it only works, and it works really well if you get a load of people in the room. You, you do work group exercises, you present back to each other, you crit, you critique each other. It's a really good course if you get the right people on, and you and you can't come to the social architect unless you've been. A, a, I say you need three to four years minimum experience in the Power Platform. You need okay. to be a senior functional consultant or a junior architect. Uh, before you should go on the course because you you won't you'll not get you won't understand what's being talked about you won't get it. Joe Griffin has done a lot of great work on that on the the softer side of that course. Yeah, it is. There's a load of soft stuff, but there's a it's a mixture of really soft stuff and then really technical deep dive stuff. But it doesn't go as far as the fast track architect. I think that I'd love to be able to go on the fast track architect, but I don't work for a big partner because I, from what I understand, that goes that's much more technical side of it um yeah and i'd be really interested yeah and now you're right victor yeah it depends is the answer <laughs> always is. it's always the answer it's the answer to life the universe and everything forget 42 the answer is it depends yeah. and, and to answer the question yes for, for, uh, you can either go to a solution architect either from the be a developer or from the functional consultant it, it, you both are valid um but if you're developing you sometimes have to leave some of your development skills behind it's a lot about the softer skills 
Okay. Yeah. Very cool. Um, so which of the certifications do you ho think hold more weight? Are the ones that you think are more credible? Is that, here, I don't, that's probably comes. the wrong way to ask the question, isn't it? Here it comes. It depends. <laughs> it depends. No, I, I think I've got some views on this. I think the PL200 uh, is uh, much more than the PL100. I mean, all the fundamentals. Fundamentals are beginners. They 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 get you put in the door, and get you started. But the PL two hundred, um, the dynamics functional, uh, sorry, dynamics field service and dynamics marketing. I think both very good certifications. Okay, yeah, marketing. I'd say is a good one, isn't it? Um, I think also for marketing, though, to be good at it, you need to have a marketing background. Yeah, I think. it is. It is very much. It's very much uh, a functional person. There's no because marketing you don't really configure or customize. You just yeah. use, but you have to know what you're doing yeah. and why you're doing it. Yeah, uh, and it's and a what good you're course trying to achieve. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Victor, uh, I, I've seen. I mean, I, I said it depends in the beginning because it it really depends on the kind of professional that is taking. Uh, PL one hundred. I I hear from makers that. That was uh, good. Uh, the thing is, again, back to concept, depending on how Microsoft selects the questions, if they leave out portals, as an example, then it could be good for whomever just does Canvas and model-driven app. Um, but yeah, I guess a lot of it has to do with Microsoft, again, branding and uh, trying to promote their own products. But yeah, if, if, if I'm speaking with a maker that is starting, I'd say, of course, fundamentals for make sure that, that you want to continue down the path and then PL100 for, for makers. Cool. What are your thoughts on um, <clears throat> um, external or in-person training? As in, do you think it's better if companies do their own training in-house or do you think it's better if they get someone external in to do it? All right. Uh, yeah, I'll let you answer no, go, go for it, Julie. I think there's a difference between, okay, having teaching internally from your own staff, bringing somebody external, and also going and taking an external course where you're away from the office. They're actually different things. And then, Victor, that you answered, I'll come back. I'll answer some questions. Yeah, I was going to say something along those lines. I think, I mean, if the company is serious about getting people certified and they have a short time frame, yeah, hire somebody who can come to the business and and just train a bunch of people all at once. If there are uh, highly technical individuals that are already certified, I, I would strongly encourage the lunch and learn approach because that builds a lot of uh, um, uh, community around uh, in collaboration for for the employees. It kind of builds that trust with the with the the, the resources and, uh, and and that would be a suggestion. Of course, I mean back in the day when uh, we had a lot of in person events. Uh, I'd say if the company doesn't have much time and uh, there are community events in the area talking about certifications or just going through um, programs or I think Julian does a, a, a number of those sessions where he talks about a particular search and then he goes through the steps to get there. I'd say take those too because uh, I love the one day events that you get overwhelmed with knowledge because you feel like man i thought i knew something <laughs> and i don't know anything and then you go back home with your notes and you start to explore right so i think those community events are uh, they play a, a good role also in uh, uh professional development i i think they're huge actually and i've worked in a lot of different sectors before working in the microsoft um sphere and the amount of support and community um, training and knowledge sharing and stuff that goes on around Microsoft, particularly the Dynamics and Power Platform side of things, um, I think is phenomenal. Like, um, I think when we spoke before, Victor, you mentioned about people doing like um, zero to hero uh, courses and uh, weekly gatherings and stuff like that. Um, you know, I think these things are absolutely, that's where I did most of my learning. That's where I learned most of the stuff that, that I know is because I was trying to manage our systems. And for a lot of people, 
you're, if you don't work for a partner, if you work in a company that's using the technology, quite often you might be the only person that's working on something. Yeah. And so going to these community events and being able to talk to other people that have done the stuff that you're trying to do and learning from them is massive. Yeah. And then you get like um, Julian does study groups, loads of study groups, which I think are phenomenal because yeah. I can't imagine that that doesn't require quite a lot of um, work yeah. on your part. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think I think, you know, the, the amount of community support out there for anybody wanting to study, pass an exam or learn anything is is absolutely yeah. huge. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I sometimes really despair of employers. I've worked with some people who are really technically good and they want to take exams, but they don't get any support from the employers. They don't get any time off. They won't pay for the exams. Um, and I find it very, very frustrating. What, what's nice about Microsoft, there are things like, uh, at Ignite or Bill, when Bill, okay, Bill's coming up in a few weeks, there will be a cloud challenge where you just have to go through some learn modules and you'll be given a voucher for the exam. So I yep. do those every time, every Ignite, every build, I do one and I get a free exam voucher or a 50% off exam voucher, depending on what they're giving. Um, so I, um, I took yep. a, an exam. For, so that reduces your cost. It also gives you a bit of learning and push. You often get some um, online trainings that you can follow, like the very basic Power Platform and Dynamics yeah. online trainings that you can sign up for through Microsoft and you'll get a free exam yeah. for attending those. They're normally like a day and a half or yeah. something like Microsoft, that. They're yeah, called Microsoft Virtual Events or Microsoft yes. Virtual Training Days, uh, around, especially around fundamentals. They do the app maker yeah. as well. Yes. Uh, and you yeah, get yeah. the exam voucher. And I forget, who's the French guy that does the... Uh... The the Pui, I think his last yes. name. Kim. Yes. Yeah, he's yes. he's in uh he's in Canada now. He moved. Back. Is he? Yeah. Oh, nice. So yeah. um, there was there was something I wanted to touch on in the chat. Um, Julian, you said that the MCT is suspended. Oh, then you said that there's some changes coming. Which is yeah, awesome. the suspended enrollment of, of new MCTs uh, as of the first of April. Uh, uh -huh. They're making some changes to the MCT program. It was uh -huh. only announced a week ago. Everybody's up in arms about it. We don't know what's happening. But no. what we do know is they are, you're not going to be allowed just to use a reference bit MCT. You'll need to have some sort of course. For instance, when I became an MCT, I spent a week down at, at TVP in Reading at Microsoft where I was put through the rigor. Really was. I had to present. You, were you had to prepare. We talked about how you train, how you handle scenarios. And then you evaluated. And not everybody passed. And I've done the same for other MCTs uh, where we've done things. Yeah, yeah but I've seen IA, C, yeah, CT, uh, CT++ is acceptable. There's a list on the Learn web pages what you have to do. There's about a dozen different things. And there's also some MCTs. We do it as a community thing where we do virtual training of trainers. And that's one of the accepted things. But right, but right now, MCT is great. I mean, it's my living to a large extent now. Uh, but it's changing. I don't deliver... I don't deliver the, you know, we've been talking about these courses. Most of the training I do isn't the standard Microsoft courses. Uh, I'll do, I'm doing RPA in a day on Friday. Um, I've been doing some Azure fundamentals for sales for key account managers. Uh, what is the cloud? I'll do some stuff like that. Um, I'm doing a load of, I've got my own little lots of one day courses on, which is how do you, like, I'm Dynamics 365 Sales Professional. Uh, which I love sales pro. It's great. It's a great solution for SMB, uh, but people don't know how to sell it. And, and I'm aiming at the Microsoft 365 specialists who've got lots of customers who are unable to, where can I get more money out of my customers? Well, they can do dynamics simply. And I go through those sort of things. There's there's well, lots more to do. Yeah, it, it's uh, funny. Go ahead. Sorry. No, go on. No, no. I was going to say, it's funny you said that, Julian. I got a call. Uh, on my way to the airport yesterday from somebody who wants to uh, to record a tailor-made uh, Dynamics for 65C slash their own uh, 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 solution that's built on top of Power Platform. They want to record that for their own uh, customers. Um, yeah. So yeah, there is there is quite a bit of that. There's loads. I would say more than 50% of what I do isn't standard courses. It's moving. Uh, very cool. Um, Phil had a question. What do you think is the best way to study for an exam? I've seen people study for an exam for three months, yet others cram 
in a few I would say probably the answer to that is it depends on the exam probably but, uh, yeah, but typically my advice is to set a target two three months ahead book the exam and do half an hour a day okay. it's, for me that's the best way the other approach I take and I, this is controversial I just go take the exam <laughs> because a I oh, might see. pass <laughs> and b yeah. if I don't pass I know what I don't know and I can focus my revision yeah, and it's controversial, but I'm quite comfortable doing that because I've taken lots of exams and I, I've passed one. I passed the Cosmos DB developer. It's a great exam. I squeaked through on that with hardly any prep, and I took it that approach. I thought, I'll pass it, I'll pass it. I was really surprised I did. That's where those free vouchers come in handy. Yeah, it is. It didn't cost me anything, but I, I was I willing to yeah. pay for it if yeah, for the second yeah, time if, if I failed. failed. Yeah, right. But like, it's a really good learning curve, right? Because yeah. you know, well, I don't have to worry about cramming on that stuff because. I know enough about that, but yeah. I just focus on these things. And so maybe you could do yeah. it in a few days. And right? a lot of it comes out. People over-prepare. They really do. They spend too much. They go. They often go down the wrong things because they don't know what the exam's about. Uh, yeah. And that, so, yeah, I, 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 you sort of get a feel for it after a while. But different, different, it's interesting. I take some Azure exams. That somebody else said the Azure 204. That's actually a pretty tough exam. But the, the Azure exams are quite different from the Power Platform and Dynamics exams in terms of how they're structured and the sort of things they ask and the way they ask. So, yeah, yeah. I, what I've done is I, I have two friends. They're very close to me. Uh, we used to work together in the past. Now we all have followed our own path. But uh, what we do is uh, we pick a series of exams and then we say, OK, whomever is the last <laughs> taking those exams will buy everybody else lunch. Right. Yeah. And, and <laughs> I have I have one friend who has done, I think, uh, PL 400, two of them actually, nine, uh, 900, 400. And I just need not just have done 900, I think. Yeah. So I, I am on the hook for that one. So if, if they do 600 first, then I, I owe them lunch. So yeah. and, and it's and not me. You owe me lunch as well. Even I just interjected myself into that. Oh no, no, go ahead. Sorry, say that again. I've just interjected myself into that for no reason. You can owe me lunch as well. I think. <laughs> there you go. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll. Maybe we could do it with this room. Maybe Julian is, is excluded from this from this game. <laughs> <laughs> I've got it anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Ju I've Julian, eighty badges. I was, yeah. well, I was I'm waiting. There's a new exam coming out. Anybody know? There's a PL500, which is a Power uh, Automate Developer certification. Oh, really? It's coming out next. It's coming out in beta next week, and it's really about Power Automate Desktop. But it, it's going to be tough. I think it's going to be the hardest exam we'll have. I, I was going to yeah. say, whomever has the most or has the has the least buy us all lunch during the uh, Scottish <laughs> summit. Yeah, I think that would be Alison. Then you better get your checkbook out, love. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> definitely going to be me. <laughs> and I think the, the I think both of you have mentioned it though the idea of a community and I think that 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 yeah. lunch and learn or even just your 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 friends and and being competitive, I think that's the best way that I found that mm -hmm. a group of people going for a common goal and trying to understand and and feeding off each other and it's the same with any sort of learning environment or work environment you you sort of have different views and different aspects and different experiences and it just builds up your understanding if you're talking to each other about it and you're forcing each other to talk about it by being in the same room at the same time yeah i see a lot of people on the on the social media and i think looking for study partners but or on yeah. facebook but there, I, there doesn't seem to be a way of putting people together i think it'd be quite nice if there was because studying oh, together does really help that's a good idea yeah, like I a speed dating isn't it uh, yeah research. Or like recruitment. Yeah. Well, on that bombshell. Yeah. It is mashing people up, yeah. Um on that bombshell, any closing comments before we uh we round off? Anything that we didn't talk about that you would have liked to have talked about? I I would like to say something. I mean, uh I, I see the material that Julian puts out and uh, the study groups, you were easily looking at uh maybe i'm not gonna make the the proper monetary translation but in canadian money i think between uh, 10 to fifteen thousand investment to get 
uh, a person with this caliber uh, to teach you stuff a lot of times free of charge, right? Uh, and I do community events. I do these online events as well. And one of the things that's really hard on us or personally for me is when you put out good content and a few people show up because they know it's recorded, they can see at their own time. And I, I, I want to be uh, cognizant of, the, of people's schedules and all that. But one thing that would really help is for folks to join us live. You know, it boosts uh, our moral a little more. It helps in the exchange of information. Uh, it, at least for me, uh, that that is an area that I, I would love to see uh, folks more engaged. Um, so I, I, we can continue I, I, to do this. I'm going to echo that. It really annoys me when you do something. The, the first question you get is, is it recorded? Because you know what they're going to mean. They know it's recorded, they're going to switch off and they don't get the engagement. And for me, Help. it's about getting, the reason I do it is to learn from other people and get other people's views and find out what people don't know. Which is why I do my study group. It's a private thing inside my own team's tenant. So the recordings are done, but only to people who have joined. And I've got this rule. If you don't turn up for three sessions, consecutive sessions, you get kicked out. Oh, that's very good. Yeah. yeah I've, just, I've just filled that form in. So I'm, I'm hoping to get in and not get kicked out. <laughs> but uh, yeah, but that, that's an ideal situation. You, yeah. you set the ground rules. And I think that's probably what it is. It's setting the ground rules and sticking to them and not taking any exceptions, really. And, and the other I, thing I want to point out is... Sometimes we all think, oh, training, I need expert level training. I need, uh, it's not my experience. Most people, most of the demand for training and learning is for beginners. Like usually, it's where do I start? How do I get going? Which is why the fundamentals are so popular. But as, as I was saying, they're not necessarily pitched at the right level. There's a gap between how do I get started, which is things like the Power Platform School is really great. And mm. other community events is how you get going. After, so sometimes I say, don't go for certification straight away. You need to get, you get, you need to be on ramp a little bit, then go do the cert. The cert, so fundamentally, isn't to learn how to do something. It's like a, it's marketing for Microsoft. Yeah. I was going to say, like, and Phil put it in the chat as well, and I was thinking, why do you record the sessions? Why don't you just not record them and then people have to show up? I get so many complaints. Um, no, when we do my groups, I get people from all over the world. So I get people from oh, Australia okay. and uh, America. And so what I do is one's at 8 a.m. on a Sunday morning, one's at 8 p.m. on a Thursday. So you should be able to catch one of those a week. I, uh, and because we're in a worldwide world, world, so yeah, I allow people to record, but I want people to show up. And if they don't, I'll kick them out because it's just, you know, contribute. And I want to get people's feedback. I, I think like, you know, it's just for me, it's a basic level of manners. If somebody's yeah. providing you a, a study group that's for your benefit, then you should you should show up. But I do also agree setting the ground rules, setting the expectation at the start and saying, like, you know, this is how it goes down. If you're not in for that, then don't join. But I'm also producing producers for YouTube content, which I'll be putting on for free. But that's not uh, learning. That's just me talking about certain things. Um, that's different. That's about me building think, my brand. Yeah, 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 which is fair enough. Uh, yeah. But I think like to learn for certifications and stuff, it needs to be a bit of an iterative process, yeah. right? Like you say, yeah. you need to have that that to and fro, the exchange of ideas and stuff like that, or the conversation around it. So that brings us nicely round to the hour of eight. And uh, all that remains is for me to say thank you so, so much. To both Julian and Victor for joining us. And if you would like to send them wonderful presents and money, you can contact them on those various <laughs> links and ask for their yeah, PayPal details or, <laughs> or their GoFundMe or, or indeed their home address, which I'm sure they'll be delighted to share with you. Um, and uh, thank you so much, uh, Victor, for joining us from God knows where in northern Mexico <laughs> and whatever time it is. It's probably, oh, it's probably early morning, is it? Or middle of the morning now, I guess, is it? Yeah, it's uh, 1 p.m. I am in a oh, city called uh, Chihuahua. I told my girls oh, that that's, the where the, that's where the dogs come from, but I haven't seen any Chihuahuas here yet. So. So that is where the dogs <laughs> come I'm going to have to say goodbye. I've got to drop because I've got another call okay. with Microsoft. Thanks, so, Julian. Oh, thank, thank you, you much. so much, Julian. Bye -bye. Lovely to see you. Thanks for listening to another great hour. 
Join us next month for more banter and discussion. Let us know your thoughts on Twitter or LinkedIn and subscribe in your usual place.